So we're going to start off with talking about um, when we started considering acting and the decisions and the decision making. Yeah. So when will you say? Okay. You so were, I think you got the bug. Oh gosh, I got the bug, the acting bug. Well, for me, it started off with music before acting. Okay. Um, I just like grew up in a family. I mean, we're Africans. Like music is within every section of life. We mm-hmm. cry when we're no, we we sing when we're happy. We sing when we're sad. We sing when we don't know what what <laughs> what to do in life. Like yeah. that's just the way it is. True. Um, so I was always in choirs and stuff, but I think. I was in year nine. How old are you in year nine? Like 14? Yeah. Yeah, yeah about 13, 14. 14 yeah. And um, there, there were auditions. Don't get me wrong, I had auditioned for plays before. I never got in. I well, at school? What yeah, professional yeah, plays outside school. of school? Oh, I tried that. Oh, you mean school like projects? School yeah. plays, yeah. Okay. And, um, and I never got in, and I was just like, but I know I'm good, I know I'm good. Evidently, I was not good enough. <laughs> but I remember it was this thing called Shakespeare School Festivals. Okay. Where, like, schools wouldn't compete, but you'd, you'd go into a, into a professional theatre and you'd all perform Shakespeare plays. Okay. And I was like, this is my chance. This is the way to prove that. Now, I just finished reading Romeo and Juliet, like, outside of school. Wow. You know, as leisure, as, leisure. as a fourteen-year-old kid, <laughs> fourteen-year-old kid, wow. like, had just decided to read. And I really, I was like, I think my spirit was like, kids, I think this is something you could do. My brother was really into acting, and I was like, it's kind of cool. And I auditioned for, oh, what was it with Reagan? Me forgetting the name. I can't help Ooh, you. Oh, not as you like it, Kingley. Okay, it was Kingley, and I auditioned with my friend, and I got the part of Reagan, one of the sisters, me and my happy, happy self. And I remember learning the lines and then we went into a professional theatre. I don't know, like, I'm not going to say the town, so that gives too much away. We went to this, <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to know where I'm <laughs> Went to this theatre and I was like, wow, this is incredible. Mm. And I just felt confident and I wasn't the most confident child. I think people thought I was, but I definitely wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think that's when I realised, I was like, this is kind of, I was considering it. But at the same time, I was definitely, I was like, I need to be a lawyer, I need to do this, I need mm-hmm. to. Mm-hmm. Full, fast forward to college, doing my A-levels, have the same bug, I'm in theatre group, I'm in theatre class. Oh, okay, you're, you're still being yeah, active. Yeah, I'm still yeah. being active and acting. But then I'm also applying for places in law to do for um, university. What kind of law did you want to do? Here's the thing, right? I <laughs> I wanted to do human rights law, okay. but everyone was telling me there was no money in it. Um. And growing up without money, you want to, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I was like, I came from Zimbabwe, I need to make money. Okay. So I was like, I want to help the people and be a lawyer, mm. but everyone's telling me human rights law hasn't got much so I was like, do I, do, do I sell my soul and do corporate law? That's mm. a lie. I'm oh, really going to have to delete that one. <laughs> <laughs> not saying that, you know, but mm. it, being a not very well-informed 17-year-old, I thought that's what one had to do to do corporate law. Yeah. Um, so I just knew I wanted to do law. I, was, I still am weirdly passionate about it, mm. but I just couldn't. My mm. spirit was like, I can't. Oh, wow. So that's kind of when it stopped being a consideration and like a thought and... It felt like my my heart was leading me to try it. 
Okay. Um, yeah, so that was that. So this is now, how old are you now here? 17. 17, okay, so you're doing A-levels. I'm doing A-levels, and then I get into a, a university to study law, and mm -hmm. my parents are very happy because one brother is at ACM, Academy of Contemporary Music, the other bro brother's just got into RADA. Oh, wow. And I'm like, hmm, <laughs> I, I need to do something academic. Yeah. Um, and then I, this, I'm not to say this is like the best film in the world or anything, but I was watching on DVD. Uh, <laughs> oh, remember those. I know, remember. God, if wow. you're, if your generation's dead, I don't know if you have, if you had DVDs. Mate, I had even VCR. What are you I talking had VCR, about? Blockbusters, yeah. you know? Blockbusters. Oh, Blockbusters. God, I remember owning videotapes for so long, they were out there and then my dad had to pay extra. And you had anyway, to pay extra, you just slipping. I remember going through, slipping <laughs> through the little, it, tell us if you remember this, we're going to be on socials and so forth, but mm. if you remember that Reach thing out. of uh, like going to Blockbusters at 11.30 so you can put, your, your, oh we had to do that a lot, That's crazy. slip it through the mailbox so that they know it's there in the morning <laughs> and they don't charge you because you know we didn't have the money for them to charge us. Mate, it was always like Blockbusters and going to get ice cream in, it's like an event it Blockbuster on the weekend, on the Friday or yeah, Saturday. Friday, your, Saturday. Or if you could even have a sleepover with your friends when you were younger. No, no my, my parents don't want people in their house, no, we okay. didn't. <laughs> we're digressing, we're, okay, we're let's digress. The film I was watching was Inglorious Bastards and it So was, this is we're getting to now. We're getting to I'm seventeen still. I'm still I've just got through uni. Mm -hmm. I've just got through to whatever doing a, a, a course in law, a degree in law. And a, f a few of my friends were like, oh, I'm, I'm doing this thing for a theatre company because I'm take they were taking a gap year. You, you go in a theatre company and you get a diploma and you kind of like teach children through education, through like theatre. And I was like, this sounds cool because I feel like if I'm being an actor for a year, I will then know whether I want to do it forever or mm -hmm. if I should actually be like, actually, I, I want to go back to doing law. Yeah. This is the decision was made for me because I was watching the first scene and I, it was Christopher Waltz, I think is his name, or Waltz? Waltz? Christopher Waltz, yeah. Look Waltz. at me, Waltz. Waltz. <laughs> he's, he's a brilliant actor. He's a stunning actor and it was the milk, the milk scene and I remember being so enthralled and captivated that I was like, this is what I want to do. I, I remember being like, if I can make somebody feel what I'm feeling right now, if I can say words the way that he's speaking these words, if I can be captivated like this, mm -hmm. I, I, I want to tell stories. I was like, I want to be a storyteller. And on the very, 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 very low key, <laughs> I went upstairs, went onto my laptop, and I went on UCAS, and I went on the law, at, you know, the university I got into, um, and I pressed defer. So wait, let's, let's get back. So you applied to university, you yeah. got accepted to do law, yeah. and it was corporate law you was going to because you wanted to make money. I mean, at that time, you just learned law. law. Okay. So, okay. so you don't say, yeah. And then so one night, you watch Inglorious Bastards, and it's you're so... Randomly during the day. Randomly during the day, you're watching Glorious Bastards. You're absolutely moved by Christopher Waltz's um, I paused the film. I didn't watch the rest of the film. I paused it. <gasps> Wow. I didn't watch it. I don't I, I honestly I didn't watch it. He needs to film. hear this podcast what what inspiration you've given him. And then so you go upstairs after watching one scene. I didn't even speak to my parents and this is the thing. I had kind of mentioned it 
Like, maybe I should defend my place. And my parents were like, okay, well, you're not going to be taking a gap here doing nothing because you need... They're Africans at the end of the day. You know, <laughs> as liberal as they are, they were like, you need to get some sort of qualification or you need to get some sort of life experience. I don't want you to just take a gap here for taking a gap here. And we couldn't afford it as well. Mm, okay. Um, I paused the film. I went upstairs. I went on UCAS. And I pressed defer placement. Mm. And I was like, well, I've got to explain this to my parents now, didn't I? And I hadn't even got Did into the Did you have a plan? No! I hadn't even got into the... Oh, this is, I forget. I hadn't even got into the theatre company that I wanted to audition for. I hadn't got in. I hadn't even done the audition. So was that subconsciously in your mind? Did you feel like there's something else I want to apply for? There's something else I'm going to do? And then when you saw this scene, it inspired... Into, I'd looked into it and I think I'd already put my application for the audition. But I hadn't had the audition yet. Okay. But Kizzo, I knew I was good. Okay, okay. I knew I could get in. And I, this, this was me reacting. This was me not processing. This was full reaction mode. This was like full emotion, cancerian. Don't think <laughs> about the, it. Just the go, star sign. Just the star <laughs> sign coming out. I just did it. Maybe it's more like my Virgo rising. I don't know. I just did it. <laughs> and then the panic attack I had afterwards. So I said, what did I just do? I contemplated... So when one defers, you can't undefer? I don't know, but I was like, I'm going to have to ask you guys to undefer because I've just reacted so rashly. Mm. But my parents supported me in it. And luckily I auditioned the next week and I got in, so it's fine. Oh, so you did the show? You did the... Yeah, yeah, I got into the thing. I forgot I hadn't even got in, you know? You hadn't got in? I forgot that I I deferred without getting into the theatre company. Wow. But I'm sure it was, never, it was never. Yeah. I'm sure I could have called UCAS and would have been like, it's fine. <laughs> I don't think I was the only anxious seventeen-year-old that was like didn't know what to do with their lives. Oh wow, yeah. that's amazing. That's amazing. I think your story is more amazing personally. So let's My get story is not. It's not I do. amazing. All right, kiss the So this is the first episode. I guess you're gonna just get to know us and really how we got into <clears throat> into this journey, isn't it? Because yeah. I feel like. Um, I don't know, we'll pause that. <laughs> I don't know what I was going to say. Total, my mind went blank. Okay, my consideration. I've, oh, there's so many. I'm, I'm like 10, 12 years older than you, so. You're too much. You said the government age. Oh, you be careful. Oh, be careful. I have to edit that. <laughs> um, okay, right. So I was born in Sierra Leone. And in Sierra Leone, in my family house, we we had a television that I was completely unaware of until this one particular day. I think I was about five, six or something, and it was on. And I was just playing. I think I'd just finished with my tutor, because you know we have an African household. Of you course. go to school, eat a snack, yeah. and then you have a, yeah. and the further schooling. A tutor comes around to teach me more maths and English. I love but, um, So I wasn't really had television in the evening, but one time it was on. And I think it was black and white or something, but I just remember this song. Please don't copyright. Pop, Papa Jam. Pop, Papa Jam. Pop it up. I just remember hearing this and seeing this woman or something moving. And I was like, what? I just remember being transfixed. I was like, what is that? And I was like, wow, that's cool. So that's, I think that's the first time I saw any image of acting, my first image of television mm-hmm. and acting. So that went away. And then I came, fast forward a few years, I came to England. When I was seven, and then I was literally American television. Mm. I I would be at the screen like this, and my dad would have to drag me back. <laughs> be like you're you're gonna get square eyes. Like what the yeah. hell? You can't look at TV. I was a 
addicted to television. I watched every show. I even would reenact the scenes. Even my dad on Saturdays, we would our thing was to reenact show Batman and Robin. Stop it. Oh my gosh, I was Robin, he was Batman. We did, or he'll be the he would be the Joker and I'll be Batman coming to Ooh, like okay. we did the whole sh every move my dad had a lot of um videos vcr is it vhs's reloaded videos and we it was literally it was a proud collection that we were building it was like displayed on cabinets remember when you had like you oh, displayed yeah, yeah, your like cd cabinet yeah. yeah people some people put fine china me and my dad stacked <laughs> it with dvd i mean t videos so then i just came to love television more being here and then my schooling went a bit down because i was addicted to television and not really doing happens. school work and then, okay, so then, same, similar like you, obviously I was coming from Africa, so my English wasn't good, so I was quite shy and quite reserved and held back in primary school, but I remember school nativity shows, feeling like, oh my God, I'm going to do what is this? I would watch these kids and they would be so confident and da -da, and I'd be like, what the hell is well, that? Don't go triggering me with the school nativities and being fresh off the boat with the accent. <laughs> oh God. Oh, but you know, at the time I didn't even see it as that, it's only in hindsight, now I'm looking yeah. back, I was like, oh, so that's what held me back, or that's yeah. why they didn't see me, you know? Mm. But I would watch them and be in awe, and then I got to secondary school, school I oh, had a bit of a journey second school I went to three different secondary schools and the first secondary school I went to I had this amazing teacher doc, doctor Mr Lambert and sometimes I even try to google that period that year of school I went trying to find oh. this man but he was the first one in year seven that just pushed me forward or gave me roles to play or and made me do he yeah. actually was the first person to actually you know like just prick yeah touch that 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 like blossom or I don't know what I'm doing with my hand sorry I'm yeah, trying to pinch myself he like pinched me all like, I don't know I don't know the word to express but and um, he's the first one that just made saw me mm. and then so I I really I drama I just looked forward to it hugely and then I was only in this school for a year until I moved and when I went to the other school I wasn't kind of picked for anything. Now I was ready, my English was better, I could speak mm. a bit more. But the teachers just never looked at me. They always, if anything, it felt a bit deliberate at times, like putting yeah, me aside. Yeah, and then like the other girls would always get picked and I just felt, then I felt like, oh, maybe I'm not good enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not this enough. I, th I just felt a, a feeling of not enough or not seen mm. or not valued. Mm. And also my grades wasn't very good. And also I had issues going on at home, so, I just felt a bit mm, not seen, just going into my shell, not knowing if I could even do what, like, do this. I didn't even know it was a thing you could do till I was about 16, and I think I was in college, and I was now doing um, drama studies, and I realised, I think my drama teacher, Jo Shepherd, she was like, yeah, you know, you work in the industry, and then she took us to see plays and this is when my first theatre experiences came because I never went, my dad didn't take me to uh, theatre, one we no. couldn't afford and two, sit and watch a play, my just my dad just did not know that world, we just knew my movies. Theatre, the theatre, yeah. the thing. Yeah, oh. it was only a school trip yeah. type thing so and then she just made me realise that what I can I can get paid to do this and she's like the minute I understood <laughs> that I was like, something just came over to me. When she made it clear that, yeah, people work and they get paid to do this, I thought people were just being on television for fun. Or I thought it was like a game. I thought it was like something you do, like, yeah, you have your office job, but this is what you do for fun, and I wanted to be a part of this fun. So when I realised I could, I, I could get paid from it, I was like, 
You you ain't gonna tell me twice. <laughs> you, I'm, I, I'm, I'm I'm in. I sold my spirit, my life, my everything to this. Wow. And so, wow, that sounds a bit. In the most holistic, purest, godly way. Yeah. So, so now I realised I could get paid. But then also, I started living young. I started living alone, young by myself. So life was like you know, mm. doing higgy hagger. <laughs> And then it was so, a journey. Yeah, and then so, but I always was very passionate about acting. I tried to, I think I went to West London, I tried to keep my ear on the ground to find out about, about any youth work or acting jobs mm. that were going on. Like, I remember being an extra because someone had a number for some agency that did what extra work and I thought, oh, I'll go on set and be an extra and then the producer or someone will see me and then I'll get discovered, you know? Discovered, that <laughs> word. That word. I'm coming from that. Yeah. Word, you know? That's how old I am because no one used this discovered like that anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like I was just like trying to like do a bit of this and do a bit of that, whatever I could. And then I had nine to five jobs because, as I said, I was living alone, young, so I had to pay rent. And then, um, so any, and then I, I stumbled across I think identity at the time. I think mm. this is when it was just in its first year, its birth. Yeah. And I was like, what Saturdays? I can just go and act with those people. Oh my god, it's going to be so much fun. Mm. So I joined that, and I was there for about a year and a half. And it was all good and everything, but because it was very Saturday schooly, only a two hour, and it was quite large groups of us, so I felt like I didn't get enough time with the teacher, I didn't feel like I was being stretched enough, and the way my, the way I saw myself envisioned my career or my dream is I'm, I'm trying to get to Hollywood. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be the best I can be, you know, and then I think I did something at the Young Vic, I directed a young director's group, I only did it because I wanted to really get into the Young Vic. I wanted mm. to build connections and networks. And then I met this amazing, amazing friend of mine, who I don't see often or speak often, but he's he's dear to my heart and he doesn't know mm. it. Um, it's Patrice Etienne, and he was also directing another show. We're all, just all young directors, young mm. creatives. And um, he was like, why don't you apply to Johnson? And I was like, what? Why are you drama school? like, one, I have not got money, and two, who's going to drama school? That's like, they're going to take away my raw edge, my raw talent. <laughs> yeah, well, like, like, not London, yeah, Sterling, Sterling, Do you know what I mean? Because when I saw some black people on TV, they were quite, if they, Ameri- that's why I loved American TV yeah, so much, because it was so varied. You had the classy um, blacks, and then you had the but ghetto. That's where you saw, I, rep- it was weird, it was a representation from not just one England, you would watch mm. EastEnders or you would watch Casualty and there'll be one type of person, one yes, type of black person. Yes. And that's all we had access to. Yes, and I was just so scared I was gonna go to drama school and come out an RP or stiff or lose Kizza, my yeah. sense of self. So I was like, I can't apply it, da 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 da. And then but his words was written he was like, just do it. It just you, you you never know. And I was just like I really just really dismissed him. I was like, you're talking about one, they're not they're gonna, not gonna take me. Like mm. me and education have not had a really good relationship. Like <laughs> I did I just about got <laughs> did my GCSE. <laughs> um just about did you know, and got dropped out, and I didn't pass none of these things. I did them, but I got failing marks, really, really low, ridiculous marks on them because life was happening, also. But anyway, we move. Um, so when he said this, I was like, he planted a bug that an, ir- an irritation that I didn't know. I just thought, whatever. Little did you know it was a seed, exactly. So then I'll see amazing shows, and I'll be like at the theater afterwards on their press night or whatever show. And I could see the actor who just moved me to tears or... Stop recording, 
Okay, never mind. So we've got two cameras going. One decided to stop, but we move. We don't move. Yeah. Yeah. So um, and so is that one going? But it's okay. You know what, it's the reality of uh-huh. doing things on a budget. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's fine. It's, okay. it's our testimony. It's our testimony, you'll be looking back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so I'll go and see these plays and these amazing actors that will kill it and I'll be like, I'll see them at the bathtubs and I'll just be brave and I'll just be like, hi, excuse me, um, I thought you did really well, you're really but amazing. But how old are you here as well? He, oh, if you want to give your government age. Yeah. I'm here, I'm in my very early 20s. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can we not make my age? No, 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 you were asking how old I was. You don't have to say how long ago it was. Yeah. You just have to know how old you were when it happened. It's important. In my very, in my very early 20s. Trust it was. Trust it, your check is really Yeah, it's Right, ooh, we've got we we got edits to do. We've got edits to do today. Okay, so um, uh, where was I? You would go up to, to yeah. the actors in the bar and, like, and be like, "Hello, hi, hi. Hi. terrified." I'm like, um, "I thought you was really amazing," and they were like, "Okay, good." I was like, um, "Where did you train?" And they're all like, "Rada," and I was like, "Fuck," <laughs> and I was like, "Rada," I was like, "Oh, the odd lander as well," but it was just all heavily rada rada, and I was like. These people I saw, I've gone home and I'm still thinking about their performance. I'm mm. still thinking about how they killed it. And I was like, so you mean to tell me if I want to be able to kill it like that, I've got to go to train, I've got to go and train and I've got to get into the one I hear the rather, so the one I hear the most Let's in- explain so about exp- I think especially at the time, Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. Oh gosh, yeah. You know? Yeah. That was um, I don't know if it is, or I mean, but I know definitely it was it was a crime did a crime. It was, but then I think still now it still holds it's, its still name. Now, but but then I remember feeling very intimidated. I was gonna say, were you intimidated? Oh, by hugely! I thought there's no way I'm getting in, or there's no way like someone like me gets in. And I just, I just didn't think it possible. So when Patrice brought it to me to apply to drama school, and I think he even said, "Yeah, go to apply to Rada, apply to loads." I was like, "Shut up, no." Yeah. But anyway, so I spoke. He did, he did that, and then um, I, I saw the actors. But then what made the decision now is I, I sat up oh, yeah, and the watched. Deciding the pivotal moment. The pivotal moment was when Obama became president. Amen. <laughs> no way. Yeah, well, I can never say this. Inauguration night. I remember I was just, I, I was just, you know, there was buzzing in the air, like he's become president. And then I just wanted to, I don't know, I think I, I think I deliberately thought, oh, let me stay up because everyone's going to talk about it tomorrow. Yeah. Let me stay up and see. And also, a black man. I was like, I want to see this. Like, I don't know, in my young self, even though I don't think even then I knew the full scope of politics like I know now. Yeah. But then I just, I just knew it was a very big thing the way it was. I went on the tube, on the metro, he's the, he's the front page. Like, so I just knew it was a big thing. So I just thought, oh, let me sit up and watch it. Like, you know, mm. I live alone, and I bought some snacks. And then, you know, <laughs> the time difference. So it was like one in the morning yeah, or something. And so I just, I just stayed up and I was snacking and eating. And I just remember, I think, Oprah, everybody doing speeches, Beyonce was singing or oh, something. Yeah. People were doing loads of stuff. Like Things I think I think Beyonce being attached is probably why I love her. Like, that's my good sis. Um, so, um, so not the cackle coming out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so I sat up to watch it and then 
I saw this man and all these people talk about him and he, he was so eloquent, he was so handsome. And I don't know what came over me. Then they start, you know he had the chant when he put his hand up and he was like, yes we can, something America. And then everyone else said, yes we can, yes we can, yes we can. And I just saw all these hands doing this, yes we can. And I just jumped up from my sofa and I was like, yes I can go to, oh that's I shouted, sorry. I was like, yes I can go to Rado. what? Why not me? Yes. yes, I can. Yes, I can. I just kept literally like a yes, mad, you can. Like, like a mad woman in my Good. living room. Like, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Yes, I can. It's like, right. Oh my first God. thing in the morning, so I'm going to apply. Wow. I was like, first thing in the morning, I'm going to apply. So from now, I'm going to Google plays. And it took me about three months researching Shakespeare and plan. Three to six oh. months, I researched. I paid someone to see my speeches because I've never done any Shakespeare before. Oh, I don't understand the language. And I'm going to this school. Like, I'm applying oh. to this school. And I'm going to apply to others as well. But anyway, it came to... So that morning now, I said, I'm, I've made the decision I'm going to apply. So I called my dad. I'm like, oh, I don't have much money. I'm going to apply to some drama schools. Da, 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 da. Can you help me out? And my dad was like, okay, yeah, how much is it? And I think it's like £45 or £30 at the time or something like that. Oh, Money that I just don't have to willingly spend on it. And this is one school. Remember, I was going to apply to them all. So I went to Lambda. I went to their website. Guildhall wanted some sort of form of essay. And I was like, I need to win you with my personality because I can't write an essay for why I want to come here. I can't put it in words. I can only show you. So that took Guildhall out of the way only because of that reason so something they need to probably check because they might be losing talent I don't think you do that anymore oh, oh that's mm -hmm. good yeah. and then Lambda I was going to go to that but it was kind of my plan B sorry Lambdas it was kind of my <laughs> plan B and then I was just like I remember another thing Will Smith said not me with the quotes oh, Lambda, you're bringing the names to yeah. I remember watching an interview <coughs> with Will Smith that stuck around probably probably a year or two before that period, that mm. time, that said, plan B is a distraction from plan A. Mm. And I just thought to myself, you saw all these plays and everybody you spoke to said they went to RADA. Your friend told you to apply to RADA. And I was just like, but you're not applying it because you think you can't do it. You want the best, so go for the best and do your best. And I just thought, the only reason why, and also, you haven't got money, babe, to apply to mm, Tom, Dick and Harry um, of hundreds of schools. So Guildhall came because I couldn't do the essay. Lambda, I didn't have the money yeah. like that. And let's be honest, Rada was my plan A. So I'm going to go for, go for that one. So I decided not to apply to no other schools because I could only really afford one. But then the trick was, I said to myself, I'm not doing my application online because this school and its history is going to terrify me. So I said, I'm going to go in myself and hand in my application. Yeah. So I get the fear of the building out and its history way, out of the way. Before you have to audition. So when I came for my audition, That's I met business. Idea. Yeah, I just literally wanted to do the job and get out. I didn't want to be scared. Wow. So I I think I took, so I decided to go to RADA. I went in and had an no, I think I waited another month before I handed my application because I wanted to get help and then handed it in and now I'm getting help from everyone. Now a few months are going by, I'm going to the British Library. You know the British Library, that's a big old posh, that's a library when you want to do serious that's a library, work. That's a library right yeah, there. Yeah, that's it, murder, invest, like every topic, plants, <laughs> nature, crime, his, historical library that was. So imagine, like vaults, it felt like books were coming oh out of vaults. Gosh. Like when I asked for Shakespeare, you should see they were giving me transcripts of like 80, I was like, no. <laughs> Breakdown, and then I'll see all these students who obviously go to UCL or mm. around that. Like, I 
academia, people Students working. People. Yeah, and I just felt like they were all in this zone and there. So I was just like, all right, they're in their zone, I'm in the zone. What does this text mean? I was gonna say, do you think that helped you going there? Yeah. that environment, the energy of the place, I like zoned, you were there for a job. I, I zoned out for a few months trying to learn and do the work. And I wouldn't sit at home, I would go to the British Library mm. because I wanted to be, you're right, around that energy of work. And also I thought British Library, this is a neighbour, a cousin to the Rada. It's all, all these, something, yeah, something. It's all these institu- yeah, big British, British institutions institution. and I just wanted to under, understand their world just a little bit enough just to get me in. Mm. And then so I applied and then the audition day was a completely different story, but um, yeah. And you got in. I got in. I, I got in. one school you applied for, you got in. Yeah. But you know, when you tell me that, I hear so many things that I wish, in my young teenage self, mm. I would have been told. One thing is, I remember my dad always just said this to me. You know, when you're studying for your A levels or something, uh. He just like just go to the library, get the energy and the environment of learning. I mm-hmm. think that's a huge thing. But when it comes to sort of like making a decision to do something, you became obsessed. Oh, I do, yeah. And I think obsession can go one or two ways. It can be absolutely unhealthy, but it can mm-hmm. also have a level of of it can help you in a way because it focuses you. Mm-hmm. And you were somewhat you still are, but to go against all odds of, of this school's too big for me. I, I, mm. I don't see people like me going to schools like this. I think that is an amazing thing because you had, you, you were no nonsense. Your business mm-hmm. about it, mm. and I think so many of us have to become business about decisions because when when we want something, mm-hmm. you just have to do it. Yeah, and make do. that decision. You do. You absolutely wow. do. Okay. So you dumped you, Cast. <laughs> Obama said yes I can. Obama <laughs> said yes I can and I dumped you can. Okay. So what was challenging doing what I guess what was what did you find challenging at that time and how did you overcome it? Well I think maybe like moving forward after I dumped you pass as you put it, like disappointing my, my, my parents was something that I had at the front of my mind because I know that you know, my brothers are academic people, but I think they really were excited to just have a lawyer as a child. But I but I mean, honestly, I thank God that they were so supportive and they actually thought they were like, listen, we came from Zimbabwe so you could do things that you may not have been able to do over there. Wow, so yeah. this is your opportunity and mm-hmm. take that opportunity. But now that you've made that decision, you have to identify yourself as an art. You have to do it. Mm-hmm. You can't be like, oh, man, they were like, you have to do it now, because there's no going back, mm. you know? So that was one big thing. But as well, like, after going to drama school, cha- oh, God, what wasn't challenging? What wasn't challenging? Mm. It, it was hard. I think, I, I think... In what sense? Why was it hard? I From it being fun for why you wanted to go and I mean, I, I, did, I, I did a course called European Theatre Arts, so it was... But I always knew that I, it was like performance training, and I always knew that I wanted to come out and like, you know, as we called it in the course, do straight acting. But I think a huge thing is like, I mean, we all learn, but I think getting in your own way. Mm. I wasn't seeing people like me on TV at the time. Like, Mm. I feel like a lot of movements have happened and are happening for actresses like us. But 
it was such, I felt like it was such a big decision. And even though, yes, it's my life, I felt like my decision would impact other people's lives. And I think that was the most scary thing. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and coming from such a close-knit family, I think just seeing how maybe me deciding to do this, this drama school course and if it doesn't work out, you know, going through all the things I was going through at the time, I just didn't know whether it would work out. Mm. And I think the thing I had to do was learn how to be resilient before even going out into the industry. Because people were telling me, no, you, you, should, you should quit drama school because you're not well, you should just come back another year. And I was like, no. I kept consistently making the decision to stay. And I think had I not made the decisions to stay, regardless of bad health and, and whatever, I don't think that I would have actually continued to be an artist because I had to keep making decisions for myself when everyone else was telling me I couldn't do it. Mm. So that was, I think, the most challenging thing, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Um, How about you? I think my most challenging thing was my education going to Rada mm. because um, a lot of people, a lot of my peers in my year had done Cambridge or Oxford before they were Oxbridge um, students so they've already had like one or two degrees already and, and know about 10, 7 mm, languages. Nice <laughs> Not 10, 7, I'm going backwards, 7, 10 <laughs> languages. Um, there was a sense of really a high education and I kind of also knew it was my last chance at education as well. Mm. So I think, I remember when I started I spent one day, I went to Waterstones and I spent like £150 on dictionaries and thesauruses wow. and the complete works of Shakespeare because I was like, I felt like this is the first time and my last time, no, my last time, my last opportunity at, at education and I just needed to prepare myself. I just needed, I just had to diff, as a crazy focus and mm. also I just felt so inadequate I just felt so behind politically and racially and all that jazz and economically I was mm. I felt so behind although there was other working class um, students with me but they it always felt like still even in their working classness they were, had an advantage whether they be um, intelligence or m come from a both parent household or mm. wasn't already living by themselves and taking care of themselves they had family to support whereas me it was kind of like me by myself and living mm. alone type thing and so why I say education is because as I said um, my classmates had degrees beforehand some of them did not all but I got diagnosed I think I yeah they did my diagnosis for dyslexia and it's I was pretty strong mm -hmm. and they gave me a computer they gave me all this help and whatnot but I think I just always felt dumb I just always mm. felt not smart enough so that's why I spent the, the 150 pounds in Waterstones and when I came to the library I remember coming James blessing the librarian the head librarian at Rada I was like I came to him so proudly I was like mm. look look at these books I bought and he was like you know we have it all here oh. and I was like yeah I know but I want it to be at home or when, yeah, when I can look at it and he was just like he just laughed at me and then the next day he came and was like here's this apparently Rada has this award oh forgive me I can't remember the lady's name she was the librarian at Rada for like I don't know 50 odd years and she mm. passed away and so they have this bursary in her name mm. where every year they give a student 
um, I think 200 pounds or 250 pounds worth of money to buy books and mm. Jane saw me that day and he was like you made it very easy for me this year I knew I had to give it to you wow. he goes why did you he's like you should have come to me I would have given it to you beforehand I was like no I just needed it and he gave me the the voucher anyway and I bought some even more books which I was really happy about but I think education just not as I said I, I barely did my GCSEs and I got unqualified qualifications for those because I didn't attend all the GCSEs that I did and in college I'm I think the teacher loved me so much she should have kicked me out from long ago but I think she probably saw something in me that she just thought oh this girl's always late or she's never attending or she's not being focused but there's something about her so I'll keep her so she made me complete but not with a passing mark but I completed mm. so I was so desperate to learn yeah. I was so desperate to get an education so when I thought oh my god I'm at RADA I didn't even my, my focus had been get into RADA get into RADA because it's the be best acting school you're going to learn so much how to act I did not know <laughs> I did not know <laughs> the amount of reading mm. the amount of research the amount of in-depth work, text work I was going to be doing and alongside a lot of it like the physical work oh. and the text work was the one in the same. It wasn't like oh you do yeah, play and play yeah. down. People think we're doing jazz hands and drama school. The way know. every pe periods, the Greek mythologies, the Jacobeans, the Elizabethan, the like every period had to be analyzed and assessed and understood the politics of the time, the economy, like it was just I got so much education, like, and I think it's the best kind of education mm. the way I got it as well. But we had, I remember we had this class called sight reading, right? It's just literally an hour, an hour and a half of reading aloud. Because he, his thing was to, you know, for preparing for auditions, how you get a script, you read it aloud, or, mm. and also how to get a piece of text and how to quickly find out who your character is, what's going on, so you can give you can tell quickly. the story quickly, quickly. Yeah. and these kids, my classmates, we all, we all sat in a circle and he'll give us a Dickens or a poetry or um, some subject he'll have, some piece of literature he would have for us every week that we he would literally time us, put his clock on for five minutes. Oh, the anxiety. Yes, for five minutes he'd put on a stop and we had had to get as much information about that world and that character in that five minutes and, and then, sense. yeah, and then put the script down one by one, he would go around the circle and you would have to perform that speech. Mm -mm. But he would allow you to hold it and read it, because obviously you can't it's remember it from the yeah, yeah, And people were just barely looking at the page and talking and giving a scene. Mm. And I'm just like, how have you, how have you read that? <laughs> how have you read that and able to portray it in five minutes like this? When it got to me, mm. I was holding the paper, rattling my hands, terrified, and I'm reading like a two-year-old. Oh, the, I couldn't even say some of the words. I was trying to sound it out. And then I could just see some of my peers, like, you know when people are giving each other the eye, like, what? People are like, like, they were just but so did, surprised. Did you know you were dys dyslexic at this point? Um, I felt like I knew something was, I, I knew I wasn't like everybody else. And, and the thing is, I knew, I didn't feel dumb. I knew I was smart. That something about me felt like, I know I'm not dumb. Yeah. But to their standards, I'm dumb. And like I just knew I was smarter than this 
but I just do not know why reading, I could not get the words out. Hurdle, yeah. And then, like, so they taught you how to read aloud, and then he'll give us lists of books to read, like he thinks that for storytelling purposes. So I would go and read these big, thick books, and I wouldn't even complete it because yeah, it was so overwhelming, or work, all the work was so much. So I never got to finish reading it. But um, I just felt, so my challenge was really just feeling not smart enough. Mm. Not, and then, but then what I lacked in, in sight reading, I had, I had to then be laser focused for every, every other exercise to mm. show my worth here, to show that, no, this is not a fluke, you got me here. Mm. So when it came to any performance, Every, people wouldn't even know their lines. Kizza's got her. I would stay at home in my house at night learning the lines because I want to be off book by the time we get to the scene on, on Monday because I don't want to hold the book in my hand because mm. I can't act and read. Right. I, I, can't, yeah. I can't do that. I need to know what I'm saying and then it gives me the freedom to make choices. Yeah. So, I had to, so I was working like being at school till like 10 at night in the library or at home late at night learning these lines just so I can make up for the fact that I know they, you know, thought, oh, she can't really know. Did we do the right decision? Oh, mm. so I had to show them in my work that, oh no, but she's delivering, you know. Yeah, she delivered. Wow, so that's, that's a fun. challenge and a half. That is. Mm. I, th- it is. <laughs> 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 so, I'm gonna ask you, could sign? Yes. Now that we've <laughs> talked about our decisions and how we came to acting. Yeah. Are you happy with the decision that you made not to, to defer your UCAS that year so far in your career? Oh Lord. Are you happy with the decision? Now you've got hindsight beside you. The gift of hindsight. The gift, yeah, the gift of that hindsight. Would you change anything? No. Come on, everyone says that, you know, no, when no, they no, want their Oscar. What, I would never change it. The story makes me. I think that, I, oh my gosh, I always think people, oh my God, you want to change one that made me who I am, yada, yada, yada. Here's the thing. You wouldn't change one. No, of course I would. There's a couple of some things you can't say on a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean some things the general public cannot know. Mm -hmm. However, in regards to listen, I'm not going to lie to you. There, I can't remember his name. I just listened to a podcast and he was speaking. He's an actor. Um, He's in his seventies now. Um, An African American man, seventy, gay, in Broadway, astonishing performer. Oh yes. I sent it to you. Find the name while I while I just. (laughs) He said, "This profession is one where you can be a prince one day and a pauper the next." Mm. And I thought to myself, "Oh wow, it's true." That's the word. It's the word, and and I think the only I don't think that I. Andre de Shields. Yeah, Andre de Shields. Um, an, an amazing man. He really has some amazing things to say. But I think I'm happy with the decision I made because one, I don't think I'd make a good lawyer because I'm far too emotional. Um, like not that I'm okay. I don't think that I would have been happy doing law. Mm. I really don't because I. My heart was telling me acting and becoming an artist was my purpose and I had to go through the journey of learning how to be it in order for me to have my first job out of drama school and see that I was validated Mm. in what my heart, my small head, my small 17 year old brain was telling me. Mm. So I'm happy with that decision. Are there moments where I think, did I make the right decision? Yes. (laughs) <laughs> most definitely mm. moments where 
you finished one job at the National Theatre in October and it's January and you're auditioning and you're doing things and you're like, when is my next acting job coming? I'm doing a job that I, I never thought I'd see myself doing in between, although, you know, it's great, you meet great people and so forth. There are moments in which you're seeing your peers or people you've done jobs with mm. really elevating mm. in the industry. And elevation in the industry means different things for different people. Some people want to be on the cover of Vogue. Some people want mm. to just be in consistent work, going from one job to another. Yeah. Some people want to be telling poignant stories. You, but you see it, and there are points where I really have to talk myself out of the pity party and think, kids, I, this is your journey, and you're learning these things in the interim for a reason. And I doubt myself, and I doubt my decision mm-hmm. in those moments. Yeah, me too, yeah. But when we really look at the big picture, would I be able to be a lawyer, really? <laughs> Probably, but will I be happy? I'd never that. Mm-hmm. You know? So I think that... If you was helping the people, I don't think corporate, corporate law, you would die. You corporate would... law, absolutely not. Yeah, no. I mean, you know me, my, my, my tolerance for people is very low. <laughs> <laughs> not that my, but my tolerance for, for ill moral people is very low. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I could, there were certain sectors of corporate law that I don't think I could have done anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, maybe if I was helping the people, then, then my heart would be fulfilled. Mm-hmm. But... The gift of hindsight is a funny thing, but I do think I've made the right decision in the sense that on the jobs I've done so far, the people I've met, I met you on a job, mm-hmm. the, the, the journey and the lessons I've learned. I re- and to be honest with you, this time last year, I was sat on set of a big project and I was happy and I was proud. And I remember finishing a scene and I was so so scared because it was my first ever close-up with like these big actors that i had been watching for years and i was like oh my goodness and i'm not going to say anything about it now i'll tell you when it comes out, when but, it comes out. You know, yeah. Yeah, come but i was so scared and i remember just thinking and i made really great friends with um with danny who i was sat next to and like i seen for like six weeks and i remember thinking to myself oh my god kids you and your you and your big self with this big you mean your small self with this big camera mm. in your face with all these actors you've been watching for years, watching you and them knowing it's your first screen job so you don't really know what you're doing. Well, you feel mm. like you don't know what you're doing. But the feeling I had in my stomach, mm. as you say, those solar plexus, mm. the feeling I had in my heart, I was like, this is what I'm meant to be doing. Mm. It felt so right. The feeling I have on stage when we're telling stories that are so important. Mm. I think I made the right decision and I hope that I continue to have that feeling and you know we continue to have you know job to job situations <laughs> and we but I do think I made the right decision and um yeah what about you <laughs> similar really um gosh lately it's been quite dark <laughs> lately I you're right since I told you when I realized I could, when I was 16, 15, 16, when I, saw, when I was told, oh, you can get paid from this, I was like, well, bet, say no more. <laughs> um, like, in all, in all honesties of honesties, yeah. since I knew that time, I knew like this was for me and I couldn't do anything else. Mm. But now, fast forward, 
with hindsight, which is a beautiful. Oh God, hindsight! Why can't you come sooner? <laughs> Why can't you be at the time? Why can't you be a day late instead of 10, 15 years oh later? But um, I think lately, I felt like if I knew the struggles, mm. the unemployment. <laughs> Um, if I knew, and I have to do a lot of work lately and not letting my work validate my happiness mm, and control my happiness. Yes. I just feel like with this job, I'm constantly, which is a good thing, but also a tough thing. I just feel like there's an, the, the lessons can sometimes really whoop you, whoop you behind. And leave bruises. Leave bruises, yeah. And I'm thankful for the lessons. I think it makes me, it's enriched me as a person. It's given me wisdom, but also want to enjoy my youth and mm. live and not feel like everything is always an uphill struggle mm. you know and I felt like with this career me I like to make money like I've not come from a lot of money I like security I like stability mm. and I did not know you know people you hear like oh acting's not stable da, 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 da. I remember they used to tell me I used to hear one away things like this acting's not stable it's not a good income or black people or black women are not successful in acting I used to be like I beg remove yourself from me don't don't that's I not that, I would be like that's your story that's not mine well my with my chest puffed up high like mm. oh don't be come bring your sadness onto me because mm. you're not making it i'm gonna blow i'm gonna make it until now soon come until now i get what those voices meant they never meant to harm me or put a negative spin on things for me it was just trying to give me a reality that i didn't want quite want to hear and i guess i i guess i needed not to hear it to grind and apply for things and do things to be where i am today but i just feel as if like it it's such a risky investment yeah and i just wished that um i just wished I guess I, I don't know I think now my wants are different I think I've done it now I think I've I, 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 I'm, I'm actually actually kind of living my dream to the scale I want to not necessarily but I'm I've still nonetheless I did it and I guess now I'm just trying to see like I didn't foresee instability mm. I didn't see I did not see like the, the inconsistency of work or I didn't know that work would control my happiness the way it has mm. so I'm having to unpack and unlearn new practices you know and I guess that's what makes me feel like oh that I question myself now and then should I have chosen this should I not have just gone and been gotten a job and an education and be a manager of something or work mm. my way up something but then I and then I laugh two seconds after because I think here's <laughs> a you would have been so miserable. miserable and not yourself. And I, I, but I really admire people that work nine to five. I really admire their structure. Oh, I envy it. Mm. I envy that the fact that they can plan holidays in the they year. They know that they are in three months. They know. It, like I just wish our industry had similar. And that's what sometimes makes me question. They don't make the mark of seven. But um, but do you think your love for what you do and when you're do you think the moments of happiness and gratitude and fulfillment when you're on set when you're on stage when you're in a rehearsal see funny room, you say that you because even that lately has been like 
I'm having to ask myself, Kizza, why are you doing it? You cry mm. that you want the job, you get the job, all I do is, oh fuck, I'm not good at this, oh I can't act. Like, you said, you want the job, when you get the job, then there's another dilemma, can I deliver, oh my god, they don't think I'm good, I know. Like, it's constant second guessing. But I, I think that's exhausting. I think when you're young and you're, and if you're somebody who's maybe where Kizza and I were at an undisclosed time, <laughs> when you were in, in, what's it called, in A-levels or mm. just after school, I would hear people say, you know, like you say, give you those warnings. Are you sure you want to do that? It's so unstable. It's this mm. and this. I, I hear too many people say it with a negative spin. I think that had mm. it been said as a word of caution, mm. as a prepare your heart, prepare your mind, mm. I think had we been told that, yeah. It's different because it was said with it such fear. Bitter, bitterness it as well. Said, yeah. Yes, it was said with bitterness, it was said with fear, it mm. was said with judgment. That's what, it's funny now that now I have to be careful of myself now, mm. that I don't make my shortcomings sound okay. like that to the next person. I think that's the thing, putting it upon somebody else, especially someone when they're trying to figure out what they want to do, whether you're in your mid-twenties, early-twenties, when you're mm. a teenager. I think someone, I, I, was, I was reading something by an actress She's, I think, like in her eighties now, and someone said, "What would you say to a young girl who's seventeen who wants to become an actor?" She said, "Don't do it." Oh. I was like, "Oh," she said, yeah. "Don't do it because it's unstable." And I'm like, "Hold on, you're you're a millionaire lady, right?" And then you're saying someone don't oh, do it. Gosh. I would never tell anybody don't do mm. it. I would say be prepared and mm. and and take off, take off the shininess that mm. that that you know, it is handed out, handed out a lot. Because mm. even if people are in the heights of Hollywood, they're working hard and you don't know what they're going yeah. through and yeah. in between. But I would just say that I think it's how the message is given. I think, like you said, it's given with bitterness, it's given with judgment, it's given mm. with... And I think as well, like, are the people around us, whether they be friends or family or parents, they worry for mm. anyone saying they want to be an artist because they kind of know how mm. it is. However, I think give them the opportunity to go on their own journey just yeah. make sure that they prepare their own hearts for the journey yeah and also um telling them to i don't know like i'm really super into before i was thinking oh i want to do acting da, 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 da. but now like even just doing this pod- podcast is really weird for me because i'm like I only do acting, like, what, what am I doing? <laughs> but it's like, actually, it's I'm still being creative yeah. and it's another way to express myself and that's what I'm learning and that's yeah. what's making me feel more, feel more fulfilled because solely acting isn't what my focus is on, isn't what mm-hmm. my... Because I, I, I want to do my job and I want to love it, but I just don't want it to determine my life. I don't want it to determine when I'm happy, when I'm sad. So when I'm employed, I'm happy, but then I'm not happy because am I good enough for the job? And I'm unemployed, Mm. I haven't got any money. Like, I just saw the roller coaster of emotions I've gone through. So now I'm like, do you know what? Whoever wants to do it, I have to be honest, but I have to remember not to be that that bitter voice Mm. that I once heard, but also encourage, what else are you going to do that as well? Yeah, do it. Do you like writing? Write as well. Because everything, everything has a knock-on effect and mm. everything you don't know how you're going to make it you don't know how what job is going to lead to something else so yeah. i think in just having more i'm not going to tell anyone to know quit and not do it and go and find a nine-to-five because i think there can be some that has its own misery and and pluses course, as well yeah. but like 
stay creative, do things. I wish I did more things now. I wish I did a earlier. podcast 10 I think years ago. I did it well, earlier. not 10 years ago. I don't know if the podcast yeah, was around 10 years ago. But five years ago, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I wish we did it earlier. And I, mm. I, I would definitely... Like, do you know the amount of times I would call a parent? And like, I, um, I would say my mm. takeaway from today and our discussion about mm. decisions and maybe going to, to the end of our conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think you said it before, but I just want to say it in a sentence. Okay, go for it. Your employment status as an artist does not determine your self-worth. Hmm. Say that again, please, so they hear louder. Your employment status as an artist does not determine your self-worth. And I say it to myself, and I say it to you. It doesn't determine your self-worth. Mm-hmm. And just because you don't get a call from your agent from a job, it doesn't determine how good you are or how creative you are. Do it in another way. Mm. Write the book. Do the podcast. Do the, yeah. Write the song. Speaking to myself. <laughs> write, write the screenplay. Write the screenplay. Do it. Do it. Do, we're doing the podcast. Do it. Do it. I love that. I love that. I absolutely love that. Please, please, please. We would love to know yeah. your decision making. I want to know your story. Yeah, I want to know. I want to know what when you made something. What when were the pivotal moments for you? I mm. think it's a beautiful thing to share. Like, and I, I think that we're gonna we're going to be hear, hearing a lot of similarities yeah. as well, which would be quite nice. Yeah, and differences. Thank you so much. I guess that's it. That's episode yeah. one. You've been with Kidza. <laughs> not me, not so much. No, no. You've been with Kidza and Kidzai. Thank you for listening and we'll see you again next week. See you next week. Stay safe.